0: Alright, that was some uh, Blink-182. I had to think about that, almost at Lincoln Park. I don't know, (laughs) something about the letters being, uh, a couple of the letters are the same. (laughs) Threw me off there for a second. That was Blink-182, with Gone, I think is the name of the damn song, I don't don't remember. All I remember is they made some pretty good music. They broke up because Tom DeLonge is freaking nuts. Uh, he's like doing research on UFOs and crap and even before that he was kind of hard to work with apparently but uh, they're back together making music again um, I thought edging was a good sound it sounded like some of their old stuff and it sounded like the old punk rock scene you know and these guys are legit um, how do you call it forerunners if you will they were they were up in the front when it came to punk rock it was them it was some 41. It was... uh, Who who else was up in the punk rock scene back then? Um, Green Day. uh, Shit. uh, It was not Blue October. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, so that was uh, 107.3 The Fox bringing to that song. I'm your host, Aaron Rollins. It took me a minute and a half to get to this point where I'm welcoming you to my ad-free podcast on Anchor. Thank you for tuning in. This is Southeast 3rd. Let's get... Right down to business. Oh shit! Uh, I'm kind of drowning in my um, coursework once again, but I got spring break coming up. So goddamn it, I'm going to be getting ahead as best I can to uh, get ahead on these courses and assignments, and, and stop fucking around and playing catch up. Uh, I'm over that shit. I've got all of uh, April left. Uh, and I think half of May or maybe three weeks of May and that's, that's the semester, man and I gotta get a C in genetics I gotta like, it, it wouldn't be you know, insane to um, shift that around, but to, what would be insane would be, i to fucking pay for it uh, I can't, uh, it's three grand, four grand, fuck that noise, fuck that noise, man, no way, I, I don't have that kind of money Maybe I would have if I hadn't left the emergency department. But I wouldn't be in school if I was in the emergency department. I'd be in fucking jail. Um, And it feels like while I traded one evil for a lesser evil. The lesser evil isn't that much lesser. Um, I feel a sneeze coming on. I might have to stop here for a second. Uh, And what do I mean by that? Well, I'm still getting talked to. By these fucking nurses and doctors. Um. Like I'm a fucking moron. And. What I. What what I do take some comfort in. Is that. Another nurse that I've talked to. You know. He's had to defend himself as well. And he literally told someone else. I'm not retarded. You know. Uh, <laughs> and we're talking about that in my brother's group chat. Saying you know slurs like retarded. And, and other stuff. Um. Will cause people to outrage, you know. But I, he was trying to make a point that you, you don't have to talk to me like you have to, you know. Draw it in crayon, and um, you know, use pictures instead of words because I don't understand them. You know, we. Granted, I, I'm not a nurse and I don't understand nursing techniques because that that takes you know practice in the role to learn that stuff. But you can you know, at least use some jargon with me and I'll pick up what you're fucking setting down because we've all gone through goddamn medical terminology classes. We've all had to write up soap notes. And I say we all. That's, you know, not every clerk that comes through has done what I can do. Um, uh, some of the guys I, that are clerking, you know, all they've ever done is administration. They've never done any healthcare. care. Um, a couple of the kids that are under 21 that I work with, uh, this is the, the first uh, federal job they've had, so they've never done any medical care for the government, or, or in the private sector either, so you know, when I say that general statement, we've all done this, I mean all the people that have a medical background, you know, there, there's nurses there that have been nurses for 5, eight, ten years, me I, I've been in the, the medical field since I was 20, and Um, actually technically since I was 19 Because that's where I started my first clinic And, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a story here today Because this one's going to be kind of short I'm not going to get too deep into what's going on But, um, you know To know know that Alec has had to say some shit on his behalf Kind of helps me feel like, okay It's not just, you know, my dumbass behaviors That are causing people to talk to me this way It's because they're all fucking rude Um, I don't know what it is about their education and and what it is about their roles that make them feel like they can talk to anybody any way that they want. But um, especially in the ICU, man, there's like a handful of people in the ICU that I can actually talk to, like a a colleague, Um, not necessarily an equal, but definitely not a superior, you know, because they've got their own shit that they've got to be locked into and... um, I, I know very little about ICU care. I've never done the ICU in my life. And so not trying to, you know, put myself on that playing field because I, I'd i be sitting on the bench. Um, with with them, you know, they, they, they can have either one of two approaches. They're nice. They talk to you like anyone else. And they won't, you know, try to explain things to you because they don't expect you to know. They're just going to leave that out of the conversation. And... Uh, if they, if you ask questions, then they'll they'll tell you what they're what they're working on and, and what they're trying to do, and try to give you the, the right words to use when you've got to, you know, call people when you've got to give uh, results when you've got to talk to them. You know, they'll they'll sort of drop the key words that they're looking for. You know, critical lab value or um, doctor's order for surgery or you know stuff like that. And then you've got the other half of the the other side of the coin. Where, you know, they want to tell you, don't do that, or that's wrong, or, um, you know, and it, they, they, they'll cut you off before you even finish your thought. That happened to me twice yesterday. Uh, I was trying to talk to somebody about uh, a patient that was going to be traveling to Baylor, Scott & White, and the, the fucking nurse is like, no, no, don't do that. And I was like, no, I didn't do anything. You didn't let me finish. If you were to let me finish, I would have told you that the administrator of the day... The administrator on duty did it, but you wouldn't even bother let me finish getting the words out of my fucking mouth. There was another nurse that went through that, uh, Katie. She went all the way to goddamn Germany to get away from this place because it was a shit like that. That's literally what happened to her with a manager. I don't get where that's coming from. Y'all got to fucking let people f- complete the thought. At least let them complete the thought. I and mean, you don't you don't have to to goddamn uh, listen to every word that they say, but you you can at least. You know, let them get the words out of their fucking mouth, and it happened again with another nurse. Now this wasn't as you know tense or, or as uh, as frictional as it was with the ICU nurse. This was a guy. Um, I was. They were talking about you know cultures and behaviors and differences, and I said, you know, a lot of third world countries, and even countries that aren't third world. And as I was saying, and even countries that aren't third world countries, you know, like developed countries or whatever. Um, as I was saying that, the guy's like, my country's not a third world country. I was like, I, you got to let me finish, man. You, did, y'all saw that, right? I was looking around. There was a lady that was talking to me and I said, he, he didn't even let me finish. <laughs> hey, that one was a little less uh, mean-spirited, but it's like, what the fuck is causing this? Where is this shit coming from? Are y'all, do y'all think that you're some fucking gift from God in the medical field that makes you want to act this way? Because I'll check your ass real quick. I've taken care of way fucking more critical patients than this bullshit. Somebody that's that's dying from DKA, I mean, yeah, that's that's tough and that's harsh. But they're not fucking dual amputees that are bleeding out. They have to have their blood volume restored and stabilized or they're going to die in the next 30 minutes. You know, so I don't want to he- hear this nonsense. Um, it, it just gets under my fucking skin. It's It's people jumping to conclusions and making assumptions and I'm like... I, okay, I'll, I'll respect that, you know, you're the ICU nurse, you've been the ICU nurse for a while, you know how this place operates. I'll respect that, but when you come down on me like I'm fucking clueless, lost in the sauce, I shouldn't even be here, I got a problem with that. I, I didn't just get handed this job because I'm a fucking fresh off the street high school graduate. But nobody fucking cares to figure that shit out. You know, Can the the attitude is, can you give me what I want or not? And I'm, I'm getting fucking fed up with that. I I, um, I had a less than favorable conversation with a doctor. Uh, we have since, you know, kind of quashed this. But I I had to fucking click on him. He, he raised his voice and was cussing me up and down. Um, he said, verbatim, you don't have to be so fucking dramatic. And like he's, you know, shouting at me. And, you know, after he said what he said, I said, you know what? If you really feel that way, you can come say that to my face. And the conversation got real quiet and real tense um there's a a, like a a couple of nurses standing near me at their desks who kind of looked over at me and i said please don't call the cops i put my hand on the i put my hand over the phone mouth the the receiver and i said please don't call the cops (laughs) and and have me you know escorted out of the building because i threatened somebody um you know he kept talking and he realized because he recognized my voice. He's like, "Oh, I, I saw you earlier today. You seem like you're an all right guy. Um, you know, let's let's figure out how we can communicate effectively with each other." And, um, he said, "Just just give me this and give me that." It's like all I'm trying to do is just tell you the the rationale behind what I'm giving you. Uh, somebody said one thing. I'm I'm hearing something different from you. I'm caught in the middle. I don't mean to be, but. You know they're not going to call you. I have to call you, and I know you're getting sick of me calling. But it's either me or someone else. Someone's going to have to say something. So, you know, we we ended up putting that fire out before it started to burn shit down. So, I just didn't feel really good about that. It's like, man, I had to fucking check this dude, who's a surgeon, who's got enough on his goddamn plate. Um, He's got a deal with all the things he's got to deal with you know surgery is not something that you know you get you're like ah i am prestigious and accomplished i can perform surgery and save lives i mean it's fucking nerve-wracking you know the only people that feel that way are the ones that have been doing it for a long time or the ones that are uh you know geniuses or some shit that graduated from uh harvard or yale at the top of their class you know and even then i bet you they get nervous um so you know, I I didn't mean to do that with this cat, but yeah, you know, we we settled it. We we didn't let it get any get any uh, larger than what it was. So I just ugh, I don't I don't like that feeling. You know, we we're all supposed to have some level of respect for each other, whether you're a clerk working a, a computer or a surgeon that's about to cut somebody the fuck up. You know, we need to be able to to talk to each other calmly and with clarity and with sincerity. You know. I, it's fucking aggravating. All right, let's let's put that shit behind us for right now. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about story time about you know when I went into boot camp. um, There were some characters when I went through, and I'm watching this video earlier today at at work uh, in my in my downtime. I had a like downtime every I don't know ten minutes. Uh, I'd finish my work. Have a couple of minutes to watch a, a, a video. Some more work would come up. I'd do that and have a couple more minutes to watch a video. Anyway, so I'm watching this video over boot camp. And I see this guy in the um, the Navy's rank. is called a chief petty officer. And he's, he's got his uniform on. He's, he's uh, got his khakis is what they call them. And he's, I mean, they're looking clean. They fit good. They're pressed. He's got a nice fat rack of ribbons on him. He's got some some medals. You know, this guy's been around. Uh, he was probably a corpsman because I recognized some of the stuff he had on his uniform. That's what I had on my uniform. And I, I couldn't make that assumption because he didn't say what he was. And I, I didn't watch it all. I had to turn it off. Because it, it felt very, very fucking scripted. You know, it felt like these people, they they kind of put something together. And, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that they do this kind of stuff on a day-to-day when they're in recruit training. But... This felt like a little amplified and rehearsed because they were bringing in a camera crew. And I remember my time at boot camp, and I remember watching this video. I could see the building that they went into and the rooms that they were standing in. I was like, damn, man, I haven't seen that in over a decade. Um, and I remember, you know, being very, very fucking tired. Um, there were a lot of lines where people were standing either sh- uh, back to front or shoulder to shoulder. There was um walking from place to place. There was the whole peeing for the drug test. There was you know, several different things you had to do before you could even get your haircut and your military clothes and get assigned somewhere. Um you you got a few things and you had it in a bag and you had to carry it around and eventually you would put your clothes in that bag and what was in that bag would go on your body. And um I'm watching this video and I'm like you know, they're screaming, they're hollering, they're shouting at everybody. It's just, it feels very weak uh, because it, it just, you know, they're not, they're screaming, of course. They're getting loud, but it was nowhere near as, as hostile as it was when I went through because we had this cat, all right, imagine if you will, it's dark. There's, there's no sunlight. Um, oh, and maybe there's like a little bit of sunlight. It's like 530 in the morning. The sun's barely coming up. You got all these people on a bus that are trying just not to fall asleep because it's, we haven't slept um, but like maybe five hours the night before. And now we're getting up early and we're going to stay awake for the next 24 hours. I think by the time we got to sleep, we had been uh, awake for 48 hours, something like that. Um, I can't really recall exactly what it was, but it was either 36 or 48 hours before we finally got in our beds, uh, which the Navy calls racks. And imagine this scene where this long bus that is got, you know, these dim lights in it with these computer not these TV screens that are playing this old 1990s version of a of a film, you know, it's grainy and um picture quality's not all that good, colors look kind of fucked fucked up. It's playing this welcome video telling you that you need to succeed, you need to give it everything you got. Um you can make it through boot camp because thousands of people make it every year and uh you know it's it's telling you about the basic rules don't ever touch anyone don't ever fight anybody don't fight the instructors if you see something wrong say something uh, blah 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 and um you know it's just a it's just a a very calm informative video that's meant to you know just give you the basics to say that they did and then from there you're getting off and you're stepping outside where it's 32 fucking degrees and there's a group of men that are pissed off that you're even there Waiting for you There's a group of men just sitting there Scowling Looking at every single person getting off that bus And no matter how, how quickly you move It's never fast enough And I, I remember when that video cut off This um, I don't want to say humongous But he was definitely a, a, a Muscular black man a Muscular black man steps onto the bus And he's like You got exactly 20 seconds to get off my bus Move it And he steps off And that was it That's all he did And we start you know getting up And people start moving And then someone else steps on the bus And they said you have 15 seconds Did you not hear him And they start (laughs) yelling And people start scrambling and hurrying And that, that you know that was the whole purpose Is like um, I don't think these kids are getting that, you know, when we say do something and when we we say do something, you need to do it not only exactly when we say it, exactly how we say it, but you need to have a, a sense of urgency. And I, I didn't hear them using that word, a sense of urgency. They were using, like, you're going to move with a purpose. And I was like, okay, that that doesn't sell it enough for me. A sense of urgency means, like, you know, it is a potential emergency situation that you need to respond to. And... And that's something that they try to teach you initially in boot camp: is that everything you do, um, you're doing exactly when it's said, as quickly as it's as you can when it's said, because that's that's training you to be responsive in a situation where you might need to act immediately, um, whether it's life saving or uh, preventing injury or something like that. Uh, no matter what the excuse is, the idea is is that you get trained. To do exactly what you're told, when you're told it quickly, um, you're not contemplating it, you're not processing it, you're not asking any fucking questions. You're, you know, they tell you to set your bags and your um, possessions behind you, and um, roll your your pants sleeves up by three inches. Then you do that shit. You don't ask why. You you don't ask is this three inches. You <laughs> you don't ask. You know what do I do when I'm finished? You you just do what they tell you, <laughs> and um, so anyway, this this group of guys is waiting for us to get off the bus, and I'm a short man. I'm I'm only like five foot eight and some change. I'm not even five foot nine, and uh, we had a guy in our group that was like six foot four, six foot five, tall glass of water, like real real lean. Um, not that he was like scrawny and little, but you know he he, he looked like a like a basketball player. Uh, just tall white guy, and uh, he gets off after me because he was kind of in the back. And I'm looking around trying to figure out, you know, do I stand here? Do I stand over there? Where do I stand? And as soon as this motherfucker gets off the bus, uh, the guy that ended up being one of my recruit division commanders, um, which is an enlisted man that, that kind of trains you and coaches you through boot camp, Petty Officer Moon. Uh, Petty Officer Moon... Immediately singles this motherfucker out. His name's Tyler Wells. Uh, <laughs> it's funny how accurately I can remember this shit. Um, he sees Tyler Wells. And without, you know, pushing him with his hands or, or you know, grabbing a hold of him. He puffs his chest out. Walks up to this guy. And says, back the fuck up. Back up. Back up where I tell you to back up. Back up. Get behind this fucking line. Back up. And he's, like, bumping his chest in the hand the whole time. And (laughs) finally, he bumps his chest hard enough to where this motherfucker stands behind the line. And then we all stand next to him. (laughs) And that was when I realized, oh, I think I may have made a bad decision. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how this is going to play out. And I ended up, you know, making it. But whenever I would write home and I would write to the recruiter, I would always joke... And, um, I came back to see and talk to him. He was like, yeah, I thought your letters were kind of down, but I could tell you were, you were just trying to joke. And I was like, well, yeah, I wanted to be honest about how shitty it was, but I also tried to, you know, put some, some humor in it too. And, um, you yeah, know, I'm not trying to just lie to your goddamn, uh, potential candidates. And <laughs> I think they call them, uh, Deppers, Delayed Entry Program personnel. Uh, I'm not sure if they still call it that today, but, uh. Yeah, I, I wanted to be honest. Anytime I go through some bullshit, I try to tell other people that are going through it what the bullshit was. I, I'm not going to, you know, lie to you and be like, oh, yeah, man, you'll be fine. Because there weren't people that were fine that went through boot camp. One guy got so fucking deathly ill, he had to get kicked out. I don't even, I don't know if he ever came back. <laughs> one, one kid that, that came back to us after being uh, sent home the first time broke his goddamn leg. You know, and this is the Navy. This isn't the Marine Corps where you're doing an obstacle course every two days. You know, we we did an obstacle course, like, uh, once every two weeks. You know, we, we had other things that we did for training and exercise. Um, it was so goddamn cold. I was up in Illinois. That's the only boot camp the Navy has right now. It's in Illinois, and it's right next to the Great Lakes. And I was up there, and... um there was a blizzard that rolled through when I went through, so we we had to do some of our exercises inside the building we were sleeping in. So you would push – these racks are like bunk beds with wheels on them, and you would push them close to the wall. Um, all the bulkheads is what they call it, so all the walls that are that the room is surrounded by, you would push the, the racks towards those so that you have this big center space, and you would do your push-ups, your sit-ups, and – Um, they would fucking haze you by making you wear your sweater while you did all this shit and you fucking sweat an insane amount, but you know, all the fat people lost all that weight. I went in at 180 pounds, came out at 155. I sure fucking did. Um, I was right on the line at that point in time. Um, because as, as you age, your, uh, standards change. So like immediately when you go into the Navy, now that granted, this is 2006, Immediately when you go in, if you're 18 and you're a man, you're expected to do like 60 push-ups. Um I can't remember how many sit-ups it was, 70 maybe, and you're expected to run a mile and a half in less than 9 minutes, 9 or 10 minutes. And uh I can't remember cuz it's like a it equates to like a 7-minute mile, 7 or 8-minute mile. Um god ah, damn, I can't I can't remember anymore. Anyway, you got to uh do all that stuff and you know, for these young kids that, you know, granted, we might have had some athleticism, we weren't athletic to this degree. There were a handful of exceptions, but for the most part, man, we were struggling. And they would they would fucking <laughs> haze the shit out of you. you have you sweating so hard that you start to steam the room. So... <laughs> and then, you know, I talk all that and say, you know, about that fucking training and exercise, but... The, the Marine, I don't care what anybody fucking says. Marine Corps boot camp is, is physically tougher than any boot camp that, that America has. It's physically harder. Anybody that tries to tell you otherwise has not been through Marine Corps boot camp because they don't do as many obstacle courses. They don't have to do pull ups as part of their physical fitness. The Marines, that's like their standard. You got to be able to do 20 pull ups in less than two minutes for a perfect score. No one else runs three miles for their baseline. You might run three miles because the instructor wants you to run three miles. But for the Marines, you don't have a choice. You can't run three miles. You can't be a Marine. So like, say for Army or the the Navy, you can't run three miles. Well, you can't do whatever job requires you to run three miles. If you can run two miles or one and a half miles, you can still be in those branches. So if you get what I'm saying, they set the physical standard higher. So yeah, boot camp was tough. Um, It could have been worse. Um, I got kicked in the nose one day when we were doing a, an obstacle, it was dark, nobody could see. So, you know, I, <laughs> I thought I broke it, but I, no, I didn't. Um, there were times where I really wanted to give up and go home and, you know, I just, I just knew when I was there that there wasn't anything waiting for me back there. There, I didn't have any college opportunities going back to Kearns didn't have any jobs I wanted to actually do. You know, I would end up working for like the fucking city or something. And and I I didn't want that. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to grow up to be like some of my friends who didn't have a lot of direction that were just, you know, trying to make money so that they could get their own place and buy a car. Um, of course that's not all of my friends. You know, my class had about 27, 28 kids in it that graduated and, uh, some of them got married like right after high school and they, you know, jumped into a family business or they got some money and started a business. And, um, a couple of them even actually went to college and got degrees. Not very many, but some of them. Um, and then, you know, like Lance, Lance made something of himself. He's actually very, very well read. He was talking to me about how DNA is like a tuning fork. And a part of me was like, okay, I can see where you could come up with that, but, uh, I, I don't know. Um, Anyway, so you know, I look back on my career, and it's like I really need to to go through these memories and and record these because there were some good times, there were some not so good times, and there were some characters that I really feel like should live on, like uh, Pedigo. We called him everything but his fucking name, Pedialyte. Uh, Pediacare, <laughs> anything with Pedia in it, because we actually thought he was a pedophile. He prob he he probably wasn't, but you know, he just he had creepy vibes, and the kids didn't like him. If you would see his graduating picture, you would know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyway, I gotta get in the house. I've been home for like five minutes now, and I got food waiting on me. So, I appreciate y'all tuning in and listening to the Southeast Third. We were once again live and ad free. Y'all take care of yourselves. Keep drinking water. I'm your host, Aaron Rollins, and I am signing out.